You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. My name's Rob, one of the pastors on staff here, and I get the privilege of walking us through today's part one of a series we're calling Connection, Finding Your Pocket of People, that is really highlighting the value of life groups here. And so uh, before we jump into that, if you're here in person, we're so glad you're able to make it, so good to see your faces. Would you help me welcome, though, there's a live stream audience for this gathering uh, around the state and some of our people that are traveling. Would you help me, if you're here in person, welcome those joining us online. So... Uh, I'm a bit of a hand talker, so I'm going to actually take this off so I don't hurt myself with it. Uh, Oh, am I? That was all part of the act. Uh, Pretty good. So, this Sunday and next Sunday, we're super excited to be launching life groups, or really having sign up for life groups. And here at True North Church, life groups are a very important part of what we do. It's not just a program that we have. It is a, really, we call them the home plate of our discipleship pathway here at True North Church. And so we're going to be talking the next couple weeks about why it's so important. Now, if you're here going, hey, I'm just a visitor. I'm only here one time. Should I leave now because I'm not going to sign up for your life groups? No. You should stay because we're actually going to be giving a good, solid teaching on why we need connection, why connection is so important. And and I don't think, I think most of us know that. I think most of us would say we understand that, yes, connection is important, but there's challenges to it and there's different aspects to it. And we want to help you over the next two weeks know and see five reasons why it's so important. And before I talk about today and our life groups, I want to go back a few years. About six years ago, my family, my wife and I, my wife is from Fairbanks, Alaska. We've got three kids, and we were living outside of Alaska at the time. We were living overseas, but we knew that God was going to be moving us back to Alaska. Or I should say, I always say back to Alaska, but for the kids and I, it was God was going to be moving us to Alaska. For my wife, it was going to be moving back to Alaska. And so, uh, for those of you that grew up in Fairbanks, you don't realize how big of an adjustment moving to Fairbanks is, okay? But most of us in this room understand, you know, from a distance, uh, 24 hours darkness, minus a million degrees Celsius or Fahrenheit, whatever way, that's what we hear when we're talking about living in Fairbanks. And so we knew there was an adjustment coming up. So the year before we moved back, we, we came back for a few months, we stayed with my in-laws, and we put our kids into some sports programs because my kids love sports. And the reason we did it was because we understood that in order for our kids to make the adjustment into life in Fairbanks, they were going to need connection. Before we were worried about where will we live and what school will our kids go to, we wanted to help our kids set them up for success in this life in Fairbanks that they would have. And so we put them in a place where they could make friends. Because we realize that, hey, we are going to build a life here, and life is built primarily on the relationships we have in that life and the connection we have with it. And so we understand this from a life perspective, and we understand, like, okay, yeah, you needed your kids to have friends, I get that, but I'm, I'm an adult, I'm grown up, I don't need my friends anymore. Well, we all need those connections. And in fact, I think even more than just a soccer club uh, or a school, friends, or whatever it is, in our faith life, we need to be connected to a pocket of people. In fact, the Bible uses a metaphor 
That kind of tells us we don't really have the choice whether we want to be connected or not. The metaphor tells us we are connected. And the metaphor is this. In the, in the Bible, God talks about his people as the body of Christ. Okay, And so the body of Christ means that we are connected. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever tried to disconnect some piece of your body and see how it does. But it doesn't do that well, unless it's the hand. You remember the old, the old TV show for some of you, because you're older, uh, movie for others, The Adams Family Hand? What was it just called? It or Thing? Thing. It just wandered around. It was super creepy, because you're like, that's not right. And I'm not saying that disconnected Christians are creepy, but it kind of looks like that. You go, you're like, that's not right. That body part, that hand is supposed to have a whole body with it. It's not supposed to be wandering off on its own. And it shouldn't work, first of all. That's besides the point. That was Hollywood special effects. And so this image of the body of Christ is that we are all connected. And if you are a believer, God says you're in that body of Christ. In other words, if you are a believer, you are connected to the other parts of the body. And so we want to talk about how do we make sure those connections work well. And so with that, breaking down that analogy a little further to help us understand this is you have two parts to this analogy. You have the body, which is us. That's the container. So all of us together is the container for the content, if you will. So you've got the body, that's the container of Christ, and Christ is the content. To use the analogy a little bit better, Christ is the guts of everything. He's what's inside us. The Holy Spirit, the presence of God is with inside us as the container, as a community of believers together. And so uh, we're going to look at a passage here in Ephesians chapter 4. That helps us explain or helps us understand this. And this is a long passage that starts with a somewhat well-known verse to some of you, but I think goes into an area of this idea, unpacking why it's important that we are the body of Christ. And it starts by saying, he himself, that means Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So this is, uh, as a pastor, this is one of our favorite verses in the Bible, because it's the reminder that my job is not to do everything for you. My job is to equip you to do what God has called you to do. And if you're a part of the body of Christ, you have a function. You have a purpose. God has put that in you. And our job as pastors is to equip you to be able to do that. But it goes on. He says, the work in ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. We all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of stature, to the fullness of Christ. In other words, we're meant to be growing, just like the body is meant to be growing, is meant to come up to full strength, to maturity. I have, my second son is turning 15 today. And let me tell you, there is a level of maturity I am longing for him to grow into. <laughs> my oldest son is a teenager, we're still getting there as well. I am sure there are aspects of my life that my wife is longing for me to grow into maturity in. But as body of Christ, we want to be growing into the fullness of what God has, the full stature, the measurement that he has put next to our life. We need each other to grow into that. He goes on, he says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every kind of, or with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but... Speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. 
from the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. In other words, we are meant to be knit together, joined together, connected, so that we might grow into all that God has for us. All that God wants to supply us, all that God wants to give us, all the purpose in your heart, all the dreams that you have for your family, for your kids, for your colleagues, for your finances, for your health, whatever it might be. God says, I put you in a body and I knit you together with others so you might know the fullness of it. And there's this really kind of this little piece in here that we think is so important to this and it's really why we do life groups. You see, right now we are kind of next to each other. But it's hard in this large group setting to really connect with one another, okay? We come by, we sit shoulder to shoulder. In fact, this is kind of, you know, outside of airports in our culture, we like to have at least two seats between us and anybody that we don't know, right? So some of you are going, I was here first and they sat right beside me. I don't know them. I just came to be in the room. I didn't want to connect with them, but look how close they're sitting. It's all right. We're not going to connect here, but we need that connection. And that's what life groups provide. This, this large setting provides the place where we can come and we can hear teaching on the word together and we can worship together and we can fellowship together and be encouraged by testimonies and stories and we can get announcements and cafe or coffee because that's what's really important. But we need those smaller groups, those life groups to really make the deep connection. And the point that it's really built on is this little phrase in here that says this, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. In other words, what we, we rephrase that by we are joined and knit together through our connection and what that supplies. In fact, this is the system God has made. God has said, I put you in a body because in the power of connection is everything that you need, is the fullness of you need. In fact, I think we've got a slide. Oh, yeah, look at this, a math equation. The container, that's us. That's all of us together. The content is Jesus and the connection point, that intentional knitting together of our lives, being involved in each other's lives, these three things together will give us the supply that God has for us. Just like in our body, we can't separate. Again, I'm going to use the hand because it's now in my mind seeing this little creepy hand walk around. You can't separate the hand from the body and expect the hand to continue to grow, right? I'm being polite. Really, what's going to happen is disconnected body parts die. That's what they do. You can cut off the hand. The body will still live. It's the hand that will die. In the same way, for us as believers, we might sometimes go, I don't need the connection like that. I don't need that kind of uh, vulnerability or that intentionality in my connections. I'll be okay. You know what? You won't be. The body will be, but your part of the body won't be. And it's through that connection that we have the supply. And if you look at this, we need all three parts. If it's just us and Jesus which is what we like to think, I'm good. I've got a list of podcasts and I've got a Spotify playlist and I can go onto YouTube and watch all sorts of good sermons and stuff like that. It's just me and Jesus, that's all I need. Well, this verse tells us it's not. You're gonna get a lot, obviously, out of just being you and Jesus, but it says to grow into the fullness and the maturity that God has for you, you need that connection with other people. And if you take away... Obviously, Jesus, and it's just, hey, let's have connection just between us, but it's not about Jesus. Obviously, without Jesus in the equation, you're going to miss out on the fullness of all that he has for us. 
And if it's just Jesus and the life group, but you're not there, you're going to have a hard time getting the connection and the fullness of what God wants. So it takes all of us, and it takes Jesus, and it takes that intentional connection to know the fullness of what God wants to supply each and every one of us. And it's amazing because it says, what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Because I know some of you are sitting in here going, it's all right, I'm the appendix. I'm in the body, nobody knows what my role is. And if you take me out, the body's gonna be okay. No, there is no appendix in the body of Christ. The verse tells us every part does its share. Every part has its role. And if you're sitting in here and you think, I'm just the appendix, I don't know what I contribute, you do contribute something because you're a believer and you're in our body. And we want to know what it is that God wants to contribute through you. And so there are no appendixes in the body of Christ. And so life groups at True North Church is the, is the strongest way that we make this intentional connection. And if you're wondering, is this just a shameless plug for life groups? Yes. But it's because we understand the value of the connections that are made in life groups. And so uh, we're going to look today at five reasons why we need each other. Five reasons we must be joined to our pocket of people. Before we do that, Romans 12 verse 5 says the same thing. It says it in a little bit stronger way. It says, since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. And each of us needs all the others. We belong to one another and we need each other. There is no, again, there's no appendix. If you're here today and True North Church is your church and you're going, I want to be a healthy, growing, maturing Christian, life groups are important for you to be in because we need each other. I need you and you need me and we need to be connected. Not just standing here, but actually connected, getting to know one another, understanding each other's lives, learning from one another, walking through life together. Now, before I give you the five reasons, well, actually, again, I'm going to give you two today. If you're a completionist and you like to take all the notes, you have to come back next week to get the other three. We're going to give you two today. But I know that some of you are out there and you're having a thought go through your mind. And I know this because I married one of you, and that is you're an introvert. And you're going, oh, Pastor Rob, this is easy for you. You're an extrovert. I've never heard, you've never heard me say the phrase, there's too many people here, unless you've been standing in line at Disney with me. Okay, that's the only place I think I've ever said that phrase. I am an extrovert. I love people. If I'm tired and someone says we should go to a party, I'm like, yes. (laughs) But this isn't just about a personality type that likes to connect with people. These aren't five feelings or five uh, kind of, well, five personality types that would be good in a life group. This is five biblical reasons that we all need the connection. And I have great uh, admiration for introverts. I don't understand you. Like I said, I married one and she's, trying, she's been trying to coach me for almost 20 years on how you work if you're an introvert. I don't, I don't fully get it. I get it wrong a lot still, but we're trying. But what I'm saying is that this isn't just about, hey, some people, they like groups, they should go and do that. This is something all of us need. In fact, I think it's one of the, the tricks or the plans of the enemy is to try and isolate us away from connection. Okay, I'm not calling the introverts fallen angels. I'm not saying that. 
That's a godly personality. But if we choose to be disconnected, that's a plan of the enemy to cut us off from the body, to cut us off from the supply of what we need in our life that comes through other people. And so let's look at those first two of those five reasons that we need to be joined together in our pocket of people. And the first one is this, I need a pocket of people to walk with me. And this phrase, to walk with me, means simply to go through life with me. So that we're not going through hard times alone. So that we're not going through good times alone. Have you ever done something awesome and you're like, oh my goodness, this was amazing. And you turn around to look for someone to share it with and no one's there. It's not nearly as exciting. And so it's not just about walking through hard times, even walking through good times. We want to walk through life with people. And there's three reasons we want to walk through life together. Number one, it's safer. It's safer. So a couple of months ago, uh, I was going out on this long hike. We were going to try and cover a lot of ground in a single day. And I was telling a couple of my friends here about it. We were having dinner, and I was saying, yeah, we're going to go do this. And these two friends of mine, they're very safety conscious, okay? I'm not. I'm just not. In fact, we came up with this phrase that they are prepared, and I am prepared. And what that means is I show up, I pray, and away we go. Let's go. And so they're asking me, they're like, you're going to cover 25 miles in a day. You're going to be out on a trail, you know, a couple hours outside of town, no cell reception. They're like, do you have an inReach? Just some device that I guess sends a signal if you're in trouble. Do you have bear spray or a gun? I'm like, I'm Canadian. You know me. Uh, do you have a first aid kit? One of them goes, do you have one of those like splints just in case you fall down? And I said, no, I don't have any of that. I'm going with somebody. I'm safe. I'm going with somebody. If I fall down first, they're going to go and get help. If we encounter a bear, one of us is going to be faster than the other to go get help. <laughs> so in my mind, safety came not in all these tools and equipment, but safety came in having someone else there. Fortunately for me, that person brought a lot of that stuff. <laughs> so I was extra safe. But we need to walk through life with people so that we feel safe. Life groups give you people to help you feel safe. The second reason we need to walk through life with people is that it is supportive. It's supportive. There's an African proverb that says, when you run alone, you run fast. But when you run together, you run far. Life is not a sprint. This is a full-on marathon. And we want to run far in life. And we want, we want to run together in life. And we want to see each of us come again to the fullness, the full distance that God has for us. And about a year and a half ago, uh, my wife and I, we lead a life group every session. And we were leading one. And sometimes we partner with people. This one we were leading in our home. And a lady joined it that we had never met her before. She was newer to the church. And uh, it just worked out that she didn't live far away and the night worked. And so that's why she joined our life group. Nothing super spiritual, just schedule-wise it worked out for her. And so... Pardon me. As we got to know this lady, we began to hear her story about how the, the last couple years, outside of COVID and all the COVID stuff, but the last couple years in her life had seen her going through a massive transition in many ways. And there was emotional damage, and there was really, there was spiritual damage there as well because the transition had, had been done and the pain that had been caused through that transition had been done in the name of the church, in the name of ministry. And as we began to get to know this lady, we began to just simply befriend her. 
And we began to say, how can we help? And you know, my wife is a counselor, and so she would talk with her. We began to just meet with this lady uh, somewhat regularly as she needed it, as she invited us to it. And we began to support her through a hard time. And that's what we mean by it's supportive to be with other people. We said, hey, we see you going through this. We don't want you to go through this alone. We maybe can't provide the answer. I don't know that I can go back two or three years in time and unwind what was done. I know maybe I can help bring the healing of Jesus into your life. But even as you're going through it, no, you're not alone. Know that when the physical pain is there, you can text us and say, please pray. Know that when the emotional pain is there, you can text us and say, please pray. And we met her in Life Group. And so she was able to make the connection and find the support, and she's still in our Life Group, by the way, that she needed because of a connection made in Life Group. So we walk with people because it's supportive. And lastly, we walk with people because it's smarter. I was smarter than my two friends who wanted me to bring a splint because I brought somebody else. <laughs> and some of you like to think, I don't need anybody else, I know it all. And if you're sitting next to a know-it-all, don't elbow them, don't point it out, just let them believe it. No, we need each other. Proverbs 28 verse 26 says it this way, only fools trust in what they alone think. In other words, only a fool says, yeah, my thinking, that's all I need. That's what I'm going to trust in. I'm not going to ask anyone else's help. I'm not going to ask anybody else's input or thoughts or insights on this. But you know what? You are actually at your smartest when you realize you need to ask other people what they think. That is the smartest thing you can do is take all of your wisdom, all of your knowledge and say, hey, what do you think about this? And in life groups, we sit down and we do studies and we learn what do other people think about the Bible? What do other people think about God? What do other people think about marriages or teenagers or raising kids? What do other people think about finances? What do other, other people think about health or being a good workmate? Whatever it might be. And we learn from one another. We walk with each other to get smarter from each other. And so this is what life groups provide us, these three things. If there's an area where you go, man, I've been seeking God for wisdom. I've been asking God for wisdom. I've been praying, God, show me uh, what I need to do in this situation. Maybe being in a life group is where you'll find that wisdom. Maybe someone else has the experience and the knowledge you need to learn from to help you through that season or to help you through that situation. And so if you're here today in person or online and you've been going, I've been seeking God for wisdom for a long time on something, I want to encourage you, get connected through a life group because maybe God has the wisdom you need in that group. It makes us smarter. 1 Corinthians, pardon me, sorry, wrong note. Having a pocket of people walk with you is God's answer to loneliness. God's answer to loneliness is that we walk through life with one another. God puts us, this is why God created a family structure. He puts us in a physical family for this life here on earth, but he also puts us in a spiritual family that can help us walk into eternity. And this is why it's so important that we understand that some of you go, my physical family is broken. And so I'd say, well, then you need a spiritual family. And some of you might say, my physical family is whole and healthy, I'm good. And I'll say, that's good. Bring that whole family into a spiritual family and get them all connected. Because God, walking with each other is God's answer or God's anecdote to loneliness. It says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. When you gather, each one of you, 
Be prepared with something useful for all. Sing a hymn, teach a lesson, tell a story, lead a prayer, provide an insight. Take your turn with no one person taking over. That way, you all learn from each other. Now, this verse, obviously, this isn't what we do here on a Sunday. How do I know? Because I have tried to bring a song on the worship team almost every week, and they don't let me. They recognize talent and the lack thereof. They're very smart on the worship team. But this is not the setting in which we can invite you to each of you bring a word, each of you bring a song, each of you bring an encouragement. Life Groups is. Life Groups is the place where we say, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, will you pray for me? Hey, what are your, uh, what's your experience in this? What's your testimony? What's your God story? Life Groups are the place that we can do this. And so if you're looking to say, hey, I know that in me there's stuff God wants me to contribute, get in a life group and bring that stuff and contribute it. Now, I want to make one point clear. It says in here that no one's supposed to take over. You see, it says that we walk with one another. We don't walk on one another. In other words, life groups is not just the place where you go and say, here's the place where everyone's going to know how smart I am about a certain topic. Okay? It's the place where you contribute so that others may learn from your experience and your wisdom. Hebrews 10 verse 25 says this, Let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. In other words, guys, let's not give up this habit of gathering. And here's, as a pastor, I can understand why the author of Hebrews wrote this. I can hear the people in his life as he's saying, guys, we got life group this week. Oh, yeah, mm, my kids got soccer. Guys, we got life group this week. Oh, yeah, you know, I, ooh, I worked an extra half an hour today. I'm pretty tired. There's silence. There's no laughing because it hits home, doesn't it? I have three kids in soccer. And even back then, even within the first generation of the church, it was, it was challenging because life is busy to not make excuses for not being in connection. And can I tell you something? Again, I'm an extrovert. There was one time in my life that I made a choice to spend five days on my own. It was after six months being in a training program with 45 other people and six roommates. And like you get like two hours to yourself on the weekend if you woke up in time kind of environment. And even at the end of that, I said, God, I need some me time. And I went, I went solo for five days and it was wonderful and I haven't done it since. But even for me, sometimes I'll get home and my, our life group's on a Monday night and I'll get home on a Monday night and my wife will get home and we'll look at each other and we go, yeah, it's life group night tonight. And I gotta be honest, if I can be honest with you, the, the desire isn't always there to host a dozen people or more in my home. The desire's not always there to have to clean up after my children to make sure it looks nice and it's presentable. Otherwise, my wife's gonna remind me later that that's important. That feeling isn't always there. Sometimes the excuse to say, I just want to be too busy, is there. But I remember this verse, and it says, don't give up the habit of gathering. Don't give up the habit of gathering. Don't make the excuses not to gather. And you know what? We have those nights, and it's always life-giving. It's always encouraging. I come out of those nights always going, I am so glad we didn't cancel. And I want to say it to you this way. Life is busy. You will have to sacrifice something in your schedule. But I hope that you realize the connection that life groups provides is too important for life groups to be the thing you sacrifice in your schedule. 
Let something else be the thing you sacrifice. I always say it this way. If you can create an eighth day, I'll go fishing. Because I would love to go fishing. I just don't have the time. So something's got to be sacrificed. And I hope it's not life groups. I hope it's not the connection and all that that brings that you're sacrificing in your schedule. So the second thing, as we look at the five reasons, the second reason we need to be joined together is that I need a pocket of people to work with me. To work with me. Not work on me. It's not just all about making, correcting me and teaching me. It's working with me. It's working together. And in fact, we need this because God has created us to do something. And so I have a pocket of people to walk with me, which is to get through life. And I have a pocket of people to work with me, which is not just to get through life, but to make life fruitful and productive and to actually do the things God has prepared for me to do. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, God made us to do good works, which he planned in advance for us to live our lives doing. The verse doesn't say God prepared for me good works that he uh, planned for me to do for an hour on Sunday. It says God prepared good works that he wants me to spend my whole life living. And we work better when we work together. We need people around us to work together. Now, I can't do what your job is and you can't do mine, but we can work together to help both of us succeed in what we're called to do. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says it this way, two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. Working with others multiplies the work we can do. It multiplies the fruitfulness and the effectiveness. You know, there's a verse in John where Jesus says to his disciples, I'm going to go to my father, I'm going to send you another helper, and you're going to actually do greater things than I've done. And I think that that is because of this Ecclesiastes principle. We're working with Jesus and the Holy Spirit now to do more than Jesus alone could have done. Think about it. If Jesus, who came to earth and picked 12 people around him, if he recognized the importance of having people in his life to do all that God had called him to do, how much more do we need people to do all that God's called us to do? And so we want to find a pocket of people who can work with us. Let me give you an Alaskan metaphor I think you will understand. And I, I hesitate to share this because it's too soon to be talking about winter. Right? Amen? How many of you enjoyed the leaves falling? I was watching the leaves fall yesterday and I thought they are beautiful and my sons get to rake them up. So I fully enjoyed it. It was absolutely wonderful. But if one snowflake falls to the ground, it does not have that much power. Right? In fact, we love it. We look at it and if it were to land in my driveway, I would say, I don't even need to shovel that right? But what happens when all the snowflakes get together and decide to fall in a 24 to 72 hour period? It changes everything. We're Alaskans. We know how to handle snow. It even shuts down our system. It'll close our roads. My boys will need to get out there and shovel it or snow blow it. And that's the power, the idea is that alone we have a certain strength, but together, when we work together, we multiply that strength. We want to be the snowstorm that shuts down the work of Satan. We want to be the snowstorm that puts out or limits all that the enemy wants to do in our city and in our families and in the communities around us. And we do that by working together. And so we need to find a pocket of people to work together. 
And this is why we get into life groups. So I hope you see and understand that life groups isn't just a program that we do as a church because some other church told us we should do it. That this really is a path that is so crucial to the fullness of all that God wants us to be as the body of Christ. We are the container. He's the content. And our connection provides the way in which he can supply all that we need. And so today, we want to invite you to sign up for a life group. And so that's why I look like this, uh, what is it, taco sauce packet. That's why we have these. That's why we're wearing the shirts. We've got a bunch of our life group leaders that'll be in the foyer and our staff wearing these shirts so you can find them very easily. We've got these little cards out there. It says join a life group and it's got a QR code on the back. And what you do is you take your phone and you scan that or you, uh, you ask someone who's wearing one of these to hold them up like this and you scan that and it will take you to the list of life groups. It will take you to where you can find all the information on who's hosting them, where they are, when they are. And this session, we're all doing the same series. Most falls, we like to have everyone, every life group do the same series. And this, this year, we're doing one called Miracles of Mercy. It's by Rick Warren. It's a phenomenal series because we live in a day and age where we believe mercy is the answer. Not canceling people. Not saying, well, you're over there and I'm over here, but mercy towards one another. Mercy to the people that are different than us. Mercy to those around us in our community. So we're doing a whole series as a whole church called Miracle of Mercy. And so when you go out there and you find that, I want to share a couple of quick stories to help you maybe kind of, uh, if, if so far the message hasn't done it, maybe these stories will. We have a couple in our church, Don and Holly Servin. They've been leading life groups for a number of years now. And we were asking them the other day how many couples have gone through. And they said probably about 50 or 60 couples have gone through. And then we said, how many marriages do you think your life group has saved? Now, Holly will say, it wasn't us, it was the Lord. We understand that. But it was because they provided a life group. And she said, at least half a dozen marriages I know of that were on the brink of divorce were saved. So if you're in here and you're going, my marriage is maybe heading that way. I want to encourage you, get in a marriage life group. Get around people that can connect you to what you and your spouse need to save your marriage. You know, the flip side of that is maybe some of the marriages that didn't make it through it. Maybe you were in a marriage and you said it, it ended in divorce. Well, we have care groups as well. And we have one called Divorce Care that is there to help you receive the grace of God in your life in the area of hurt and wound from that divorce. There's a, a, every once in a while from time to time, and I thought about not sharing this, but it's such a strong one, I like it, I'm going to share it, even though we're not offering it this session, but we have offered financial peace classes, and we've had two couples, Dwayne and Joy Fick, and Brian and Tabitha Emerson have offered this class in the past, and I know personally at least three couples that have told me they had into five figures of debt, that's more than $10,000 of debt. And some of them, it was in the tens of thousands. And as they worked with these people and they connected with others who were learning the principles of how to hand, handle finances, they have become debt-free. And we have military families hosting military life groups because there's people who are called here or brought here by Uncle Sam, called here by God, but they're only here for three years and they're going, it's cold 
and it's dark and I don't know how to connect. And these military families are saying, here's a place to connect. And there's a family, I got a text message from a family uh, that was here. They came up with the military. They jumped in life groups. They eventually ended up helping co-lead a life group. And now they're down where they were uh, PCS2. They're now leading life groups at the church they're at down there. And they continue to strengthen the connection that we need. We've got care groups for other areas. We've got life groups across Fairbanks, North Pole, the military bases, everywhere. And I hope you see and realize that these aren't just feelings or personalities that life groups are for. These are biblical reasons we all need to be connected. Amen? So we're going to receive the offering as we normally do to close. And then I'm going to let you go out there and you are going to rush at the small table that's got the information and all the people wearing these blue shirts. You're going to overwhelm them. And they're going to get you signed up or you're going to sign yourself up to life group. So let me pray as we receive the offering. Lord, I thank you that you put us in connection. I thank you, Lord, that you give us a pocket of people so that you can supply to us through every connection, through every joint, all that we need to grow into the fullness of who you called us to be. And Lord, as part of that, we just say, would you receive the offering as part of our worship today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.